0: This is a Research in Practice podcast supporting evidence-informed practice with children and families, young people and adults. Hi, my name is Emily Smith and I'm a Research and Development Officer with Research in Practice. I'm also a registered social worker with Social Work England. Today I'm going to be having a conversation with Kate about CPD, Continuing Professional Development and Social Work England. Kate, do you want to introduce
1: yourself? Yes, hello, thanks, Emily. My name's Kate Metcalf. I am the regional engagement lead for the southeast of England at Social Work England, specialist regulator for social work. I'm also a registered social worker. Um, I qualified in 2009, and in total, um, I have about 18 years worth of experience working in the adult social care sector. Um, I was a best interest assessor, practice educator, um, and a few other various jobs as well along the way. So that's me.
0: Lovely. Thank you, Kate. And thanks for making some time to come and join us today to talk a little bit about CPD. Um, We are going to spend most of the day talking about CPD and a bit talking about Social Work England. Um, So I thought we'd start with talking about some CPD. To remain registered with Social Work England, social workers need to record reflections about at least two pieces of CPD each year, and at least one of those needs to include some peer reflection. Kate, why is recording CPD part of the requirements for social workers registration?
1: Why is it important? Why does it matter? It's really important to um, understand that recording your CPD, sends a really strong message to the public so we're a public protection body um, and that's one of our overarching objectives is to make sure people are protected Um, social work is a really complex and high risk very difficult sometimes job very rewarding but also you know it comes with a lot of responsibility and so by completing and recording and uploading cpd into your online account with us your regulator You are illustrating not just yourself and and those that you work with, but to the wider public that you take your ongoing learning, your continuing professional development really, really seriously, as you should, because uh, to be the best social worker with that high level of responsibility, you need to continue to keep your skills and knowledge up to speed and up to date. So your regulator is asking you to do that twice a year. um, And that's where it knits together um, your ongoing development and learning knits together with showing the public how important it is to 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 continue to learn um as part of staying registered and being able to use the legally protected title of social worker really. It also demonstrates your fitness to practice, which is what regulation is all about.
0: So there's something there about assurance to citizens, about professional identity and responsibility. And I suppose Your answer made me think about respecting our own profession and our social work expertise, really, and the role of continuing professional development in that. Something that I was reflecting on when I was thinking about this question in advance of the podcast is that when I do sit down and do my CPD record for Social Work England, I often also find it quite useful to do. I think I sometimes put it off, but that actually doing it has often helped me reflect on my practice. Um, Last year, when I was still in frontline practice, I wrote about a really difficult experience that I'd had at work with uh, a child and family that I was working with um, and what I'd learned from it. And I found that actually writing it down and reflecting on it in writing helped me directly with uh, some reflection. And I was reading this year, we've got a really good well-being guide about practitioner well-being that came out recently. And they were talking there about the value of expressive, reflective writing and how useful it is for boosting emotional literacy and empathy and flexibility. So I suppose also when you can find the time, actually writing things down might for some people feel a bit like self-care or really support kind of critical reflection. And one of the things that stand out to me from your form is that it does ask for you to reflect on your professional development, not just prove that you've done it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're all really key points. Um, And I love that idea of sort of framing it as part of your own structured well-being as a professional that does a really demanding really tough job um, it's a great way of seeing it I suppose one of the things that we've learned through the first few years of regulation is that um, I mean it's fair to say that social work is an incredibly reflective profession but also that sometimes it's easy to forget how reflective we need to be in our learning as well so we have some golden rules at social work england uh, in order to um to mean that your the cbd you share with us and we we encourage you to be as creative and as imaginative as you can be is the best you know is your is your best learning what we've purposely don't prescribe what that learning is but we have some golden rules that mean that as long as you meet the golden rules it is cpd um continuing professional development or learning if you want to call it a piece of learning that's what it is and the rules are describe it describe the learning as clearly as you possibly can why did you go on that course or do that bit of e-learning or attend that webinar um so good description um, the second golden rule is really reflect on it. And this is the bit that you're referencing here about what did it make you think and what did it make you feel? It's all that stuff that we did as social work social work students when we were compiling those portfolios. It's a continuation of that really good learning that we did in our training is, you know, what did it make you think about what you might go off and read next or how you are going to um, put that good learning into Good effect in the job that you do, um, and the third golden rule is to anonymise everything, including anybody who constitutes your peer for peer reflection. So, anonymity, uh, reflection, description, and the, the the yeah the reflective part of it. You know that should be as it should be a meaningful exercise. Um, one of the best bits of advice anybody. Um, shared with me about this uh, which I've gone on to to mention in almost every CPD workshop I've delivered since is book an appointment with yourself you know you're worth 20 minutes of your own time once a week once a fortnight even once a month if that's all you can manage but book 20-30 minutes with yourself literally book a meeting with yourself don't invite anybody else and give yourself the the time you deserve to sit down and write down what you've learned this week because Every single week you're learning something as a social worker.
0: I I love that bit of advice. I'm going to be taking that on board and booking some appointments with myself to to sit down and write about learning. And I, I love what you said about actually we, we're so reflective as a profession in practice, but we also need to be reflective in our learning and reflect on the impacts on us. It's so easy to prioritise other things, I think, when work feels busy and stressful. But perhaps the busier it is, the more we need to prioritise time for ourselves and for reflection. You mentioned your role as a regulator in reviewing CPD records. And we know that each year some social workers are chosen to have those records reviewed. And you've talked about some of those golden rules for what makes uh, a good CPD record. I wonder if there's anything else from those reviews that you've picked up on about what makes a really effective CPD record? What are some things that social workers could be aware of that might help them?
1: Start early, don't leave it to the last minute. You're really not going to upload your best learning with us if that's what you do, and you can do it all through the year. Focus on impact. So, so with the learning that you've done, whatever it is, um, because you get to choose the learning that's been most meaningful to you, um, talk to us in the reflective part of that about the positive impact it's made on the work that you do. We know that lots and lots of social workers on the register are not caseholders. So, when we talk about positive impact on your practice we don't we're not necessarily talking strictly about um, the face-to-face practice that you might be undertaking with members of the public with children families and adults we're talking about the job you do the job you happen to do as a registered social worker so what's the really positive outcome and impact that that learning is going to have on the job that you do we really want to know what difference has that learning made um, and then structurally, yeah, try and try and use a bit of a basic structure. This isn't an academic process. We're after quality over quantity. Um, there are minimal word counts for each box and the form tells you what those are. But we don't want to restrict you either. But really think about um, uh, the, the, the quality of what you're or giving us. It's not an exercise in being sort of um, tested. We're not trying to trip you up. And it's also not about sort of someone signing off uh, that you've proven to us that you've you're learning. We know social workers are learning every single week. It's a a matter of um, capturing that learning that you're already doing. You've probably done loads of bits of CPD that you could upload into your account, but you just need to capture them and share them with us and just proofread it. I would say really proofread your CPD we don't have a spell check on our system yet and I think that we'd very much like to change that but at the moment it's not not there so make sure you structure and proofread your your submission so that they make sense to us so start early
0: focus on impact quality over quantity proofread what you're writing and really focus on capturing learning and reflection um, more than and anything else um, will make for a good, effective CPD record when you, or I know it's not you personally, but when you as Social Work England uh, review those CPD records, are there any common challenges people face when completing it or common pitfalls that people fall into that might um, make it more difficult for them?
1: Yeah, there are actually and you know I've I've been um, part of the group that's been doing some of the auditing of CPD and spotting the patterns. So um, I would say that lots of social workers, you know, just to emphasize here that everybody's really trying hard to get this right, and we know that social workers are super busy. Um, so I don't want this to come across as super critical. But what I would say with spotted is that social workers often repeat themselves, so they might they might write a description of the learning and then they go on to write another description of the learning. So, um the description is what you did and why you chose to do it. The reflection. Which is often, ironically, for social workers, where they fall down a little bit. That's the bit where it's it's actually okay to write in the first person and say, "I thought this, I felt that. This is what challenged me, um, my own values, um, what I already knew, what I thought I knew." It's all about what you think and feel in the reflective box. So don't be afraid to be really open and honest about um, what that uh, training um, made you think and feel. That would be. Uh, that would be one of the things I'd say has tripped social workers up. I think they've slightly misunderstood the the reflective um, element of the CPD exercise. Um, And also, we know that submitting a minimum of two pieces of CPD every year, which is what you have to do to remain registered, um, we know that two pieces probably won't meet all eight parts of professional standard four, which is is the standard about CPD. And I think what we've spotted is lots of social workers, they're, they're ticking all the boxes saying I've met professional standard 4.1, 4.2, 4.3, all the way through to 4.8. And they're saying that they're doing that with each piece of CPD. Whereas to be brutally honest, it's it's pretty difficult to do that it's going to be a, it's going to be very hard to evidence the entire part of professional standard for with just one bit of of learning. So um, be honest with yourself. You're automatically meeting 4.6 and 4.7 with each piece submitted anyway, because they're about um, reflecting on your learning and recording it with your regulator. But really be honest with yourself and look back over the learning you're uploading in the moment and and ask yourself, which of the other parts of professional standard 4 am I really evidencing here? Is it just 4.8 as well, which is about, you know, looking at your own bias and challenges? or you know is it the is it the part of the standard which is about um contributing to a learning culture you know you're not going to be evidencing all of the professional standard for in one go so we have seen some patterns there uh, with what social workers are submitting um, and it's like I say it's not to criticise it's just sort of we're all you know the the profession is is all getting to grits with this as a process and we've tried to simplify it and streamline it as much as we can but you know it's it's still early days.
0: I wonder if we could take a moment to talk about um, peer reflection obviously it was a new requirement last year and um, it's just come in and i wonder how if you have any suggestions for how social workers um did that well what it looked like um or anything that didn't go so well perhaps with peer reflection
1: in this regulatory year four that we're now going into what we know we need to do is um, allow that part of professional standard four to sort of bed down a bit social workers um will need a bit more time to get their heads around what it means and and what the peer reflective component of this exercise is, you know, you've done a bit of learning. So you've done that CPD exercise, regardless of what what that looks like. Um, And then you've gone and had a conversation with a peer about it and there's a big long list of who constitutes a peer on our website but let's just say for argument's sake it's your supervisor or a colleague in your team they could be from an entirely different discipline if you're in a multidisciplinary team but as long as they're a professional that understands the work that you do in in your role as a registered social worker you can talk to them about that learning that you just did and then capture it in your online account and that actually is the exercise Uh, so it's best not to overthink it, really, which I think a lot of social workers did. I think they might have panicked a little bit and thought it was something more complicated than it actually was. But it is as simple as that. Um, and when you come to capture that conversation with the peer, it's about sort of saying, well, what, what did that conversation about the learning you did? What How did that complement your learning? How did that enrich it and um, extend it? What did it then um, add to the learning that you'd already completed? So, yeah, you know, and we had some great peer reflections come in as well. People talking about, um, particularly talking about on the job learning. So learning from a case and then they talk about it in supervision with their manager or their line manager. um, And that sort of um, opened up the the learning that they'd experienced that they'd already thought about, and reflected about uh, on the work that they did.
0: that's really helpful and kind of breaking down actually how um I think thinking about what relational vocation social work is actually I imagine most social workers are probably doing peer reflection they might not call it that but doing peer reflection day in day out so, and I think after practice I think how often I talk with other people about what I was experiencing I think last year I was thinking back to what I did for this section and I I did write about some learning, kind of on the job learning about a particular family that I've been working with. And I had the opportunity to take part in some group supervision about about that situation. And that was a fantastic opportunity for me to really reflect on how I was working with that family. And it gave me a lot of fantastic things to think about my own biases and assumptions and values and how I was working with them. Um, I'll pop in the podcast description some links to some of our resources about group supervision, not that it sounds like peer reflection doesn't need to be that formal, but if no. people do want to take the opportunity to take part in some group supervision, it's, it's a good chance to do it.
1: And it's just a good point to bring up, actually, Emily, is that peer reflection can be formal and it can be informal and it can be one to one and it can be in a group setting. It is entirely down to the social worker to choose. Um, how they do it and if you're getting regular good quality supervision which hopefully you are as a social worker then anything you discuss any learning that you've undertaken and completed whatever format that you discuss in supervision with your line manager um, that will constitute peer reflection
0: if there are social workers listening who aren't in frontline practice or who aren't working at the moment say for example they're on sick leave or maternity leave um Have you got any tips for how they could talk or think about doing some peer reflection?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, we also know that most social workers are female and a lot of female social workers are mothers and and go on maternity leave as well. So we've had uh, in the early stages of us being in place, we had a lot of questions about, well, how do I maintain my CPD to stay on the register because I'm on maternity leave? That was another category as well. Um, And this is, this comes back to that aspect of being as, being as creative and as imaginative and as flexible as you can be. So, if it's, if you've learned something, um, whatever the format, you know, you might have read an article, you might have listened to a podcast like this, um, you might have attended an online event or a team meeting, um, or you might even have watched a TV documentary, um, that, um, you know, portrayed social work in a certain way, whatever format, um, even if you're not in the workplace at the moment, if you're unemployed and between jobs, but you're still on the register, um, if you've read a, a journal article while you're off um, and you can describe the, you describe why you chose to read it, what it was that you read, um, what you learned from it, and then the positive impact it's going to have on the work that you come to do next, um, then that's a really easy way to keep your your CPD um, up to date. And I'd say with the peer reflection element, you know, when you've been on maternity leave, for example, you have um, you have this sort of reconnecting with work conversations ready for your return. That's a perfect opportunity to talk about some learning with your supervisor. And that would meet that would meet the the peer reflection um, requirement as well.
0: And for those that do work for organisations and local authorities that might have a sort of a leadership role within that authority say workforce development lead or a team manager um are there any tips you've got for them for uh to help them support their staff or colleagues to complete cpd record
1: yeah i was talking about this the other day um uh with a group of managers in in the southeast and um I was suggesting a number of ideas to yeah, to, to help them sort of reframe it as an exercise, because what, what we often hear from social workers by way, way of feedback is, oh, I haven't got enough time. I've got too much work. Lots of barriers preventing me doing CPD. And, you know, th- they're all things that we understand perfectly. I'm one of eight social workers in an engagement team and we've all been there. We know how difficult it is in the day to day. So from a managerial or team leader perspective then there are some things you can do to try and support your um, workforce and your um, staff to I guess reframe this so that it so that it's sort of psychologically, you know, you're seeing it as something that is part of the ordinary day-to-day work of a social worker rather than an extra, which it isn't. So things like making sure that your your team knows that they have protected working time to to book that appointment with themselves where they switch the phone off, switch their email off and go off and capture um, something in writing that they've learned that week. Um, I heard about one organization, um, who coordinates its annual appraisal cycles um, to happen sort of September October time in the year and in that um, structured appraisal they check in with the social worker about where they're at with their CPD submissions to us so that gives them plenty of breathing space before the deadline of the 30th of November for their CPD annual submissions. Um, Changing supervision templates you know if you're a big organisation and you've got sort of formal templates for recording supervision why not think about having um, an item high up on that um, supervision agenda which is about you know how far are you with your Social Work England supervision submissions and uploading um, you know and having a conversation in supervision about well if you're finding it a struggle why is that and what can be put in place to help that person get it done. Thank
0: you Kate that was some really lovely examples of how organisations can create structures and systems that support social workers. Where can people go to get a bit more advice about CPD and Social Work England?
1: From the top. This is a podcast. Um, We we had lots to do during those lockdowns. And one of the things that we um, thought would be a really good, accessible way of um, supporting social workers to learn was to create our own podcast. So we have um, if all of all of what I'm about to mention is accessible through our website. So if you go to the website, um, go into the search facility, search under podcasts, you will find a sequence of podcasts called This Is Social Work. And each of those podcasts, there are six of them, they speak to each of our professional standards and you'll hear a regional engagement lead or two discussing with someone with lived experience uh, what how meaningful that professional standard is for the profession and then beyond those six we've got a a couple of additional podcasts that talk about our work around equality diversity and inclusion and they're really really worth um, listening to as well that's ongoing work um, by us every year we have social work week so um, every march as it stands uh, for the last three years we've run a week-long event all about connecting social workers to come together and discuss and learn and share their knowledge And we record the best sessions with external speakers and then we upload them onto our youtube channel so if you search social work england in youtube you'll find our channel and all the best sessions are there for you to watch back that's a really rich um, source of cpd Um, we've got an events page on our website and we run on a monthly basis we run um, online free national sessions for anyone to come along to about cpd and how to complete it registration renewal top tips Um, we run sessions on peer reflection and how to complete your peer reflection cpd ready to upload we also run monthly workshops for um fitness to practice um uh, and they're targeted at employers so you can come along to that if that's um the area you work in and we run um sessions on um they're they're kind of like in more informal drop-ins where you can come along and ask any question about regulation. So you come along and meet the engagement team and um, have a cup of coffee with us and talk about, talk through anything to do with regulation.
0: We will put a link uh, on the podcast page to the Social Work England website and some of those resources that you've mentioned. Um, for anyone that does want to check that out, they should be on the page for you. Moving away from CPD. What else is happening at Social Work England? What are the headlines?
1: Well, one of the things we like to think that we do is, um, you know, we absorb and listen to feedback and views through our engagement with the sector. Um, that's part of our job in the engagement team is to take that um, information back into Social Work England um, and then come up with ways to regulate better and to um, reflect what's happening in the profession. And as a consequence of that, we, uh, we know that there are big issues nationally for recruitment retention, and retention of social workers at the moment. And we know that there are big issues around reliance upon recruitment agencies, um, staff turnover, um, staff exhaustion. Um, and movement around within the profession. So as a consequence of the sort of you said we did model, um, we've got a very new um, uh, set of work streams, round tables that have been set up. Um, We asked for people in the profession and the sector to come on board and uh, come and discuss with us um, what these issues being for social work So these work streams will focus on the issues for recruitment, retention and work practices and will enable us to inform the work we do and hold a mirror up to the profession to show what's going on in the sector at the moment. And so that those conversations uh, with influencers and decision makers, um, with our colleagues at the Department of Education and Department of Health and Social Care, etc., those conversations are ongoing with us um included and and kind of bringing all the the main national organizations together so that uh, we're sure to be addressing these really important topics at the moment so that's something that we're involved in um we've got a brand new education and training advisory forum that we've set up recently and that's looking at our approach to the education of social workers and the sort of early career stage of social work um So conversations um, have started and the the forum has come together, um, newly recruited, uh, again, uh, very much sector-led themes that are coming back through our engagement um, and work that we're developing in that area. Um, We're just about to publish our second Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Action Plan, um, and that's... um, Uh, continuation of the good work that we've done so far, talking about um, issues such as um, anti-racism in the profession, um, and the need for us um, to, for the regulators, processes and um, systems to be open and fair and transparent. Um, So um, watch out for that. Um, And we're we're undertaking quite detailed analysis at the moment of the data that we were lucky enough to um, capture on the last renewal of registration cycle so we got a fantastic response from social workers in England where they shared their protected characteristics with us voluntarily I think 95.6 percent of social workers chose to do that um, and as a consequence we have this really rich data about the makeup of the profession for the first time and we don't want to rush things so uh, we will later this year be sharing back out more of that information in a really informed way to to show how useful that will be in order to tackle some of the um, issues of uh, racism and um, discrimination that some social workers are experiencing in the workplace and that other social workers are observing and experiencing themselves. Um, And we've also published recently our new strategy for the next three years, and our focus on prevention and impact, regulation and protection, delivery and improvement. So it's like a three year roadmap for us of what we're going to be focusing on between now and 2026, and you can read about that on the website completely developed and co-produced with people who have lived experience of social work as well really important to say that um so yeah those are the those are the big things outside of cpd that we're focusing on at the moment um there's there's always a lot of work going on behind the scenes um the best way to find out about what we're up to um across the whole of um, regulation is to follow us on twitter and keep up to speed with the newsletter and the website
0: thank you kate that's just an absolutely incredible range of activities that you've got going on at the moment and great to hear the ways in which social workers can be directly involved in that if they choose to be and give you their views and feedback um, and get involved in what's going on for you. As we come to a close, um, any final words of advice for social workers thinking about completing that CPD record they've got to do this year?
1: I think my final word of advice would be don't overthink it. Um, keep it simple. It's as straightforward an exercise as you'd want it to be. So it is really simply a case of we we know that you're learning something all the time. Just grab hold of it, book that time out with yourself, do yourself justice, and showcase your best learning with us.
0: Thanks, Kate.
1: If you've enjoyed this podcast, research and
0: practice has also got uh, plenty of other resources to support with your CPD and um, videos, briefings, blog posts, and as Kate said, there's also plenty of advice and guidance on the Social Work England website. There's also lots of resources on the Research and Practice website to support your ongoing professional development, other podcasts like this, practice tools, briefings, videos and events. So do have a look um, at our website for that. And just to end with thanking you, Kate, for your time, for your thoughtful and useful reflections. Um, particularly I think for your supportive and reflective attitude towards the social work profession and the value that you place on ongoing learning I think it's as a social worker myself it's been a real pleasure to take part in this conversation so thank you.
1: Thanks Emily I've really enjoyed it it's been it's been a pleasure and yeah i look forward to to seeing what's on the horizon next.
0: for listening to this Research in Practice podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Why not share with your colleagues and let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Tweet us at ResearchIP.